This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is time for another live edition of BetQLU presented by BetMGM. And we're brought to you by BetMGM, of course, the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM offers the ultimate sports betting experience with innovative parlay selection features, special odds boost, daily promotions, and much, much more. Turn game game day into payday at BetMGM. Download the app and sign up today with promo code Eli600. That's Eli600. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. The offer is available in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Bet up to $600 risk-free. Open a BetMGM account using bonus code Eli600. That's Eli600. And your first bet is totally risk-free up to $600. Tom, I would have loved to use my first bet in MGM bets on my Texas future because Texas goes down yesterday to Abilene Christian. And let's pull up the box score here. 23 turnovers for Texas yesterday. Abilene Christian forces 23 Longhorns turnovers. Texas shoots 55% from two, 35% from three. Abilene Christian won the rebounding battle, 36 to 31. That's probably the most surprising stat going back to last night's game. And if people are wondering, why are you starting off with Texas? Why aren't you getting into your round of 32 bets? Well, Tom and I both had a future on Texas, and we both had them uh, had them coming out of the region in our Final Four breakdown. That game reminded me so much of whether it was Auburn and New Mexico State, going back to a couple years ago, the last NCAA tournament we had before this one where Auburn won that game by three. They go on and smack Kansas in the round of 32. They go all the way to the Final Four, almost beat Virginia. Uh, I think it was 2011 when Kentucky made it to the Final Four when they beat UNC in the Elite Eight and they beat Ohio State in the Sweet 16. Brandon Knight hits a game-winning jump shot against, who was it from the Ivy League that year? Princeton. He beats Princeton at the buzzer. He beats Ohio State at the buzzer. Kentucky makes that run. That game, the setup of it, it's not like when I was watching the game, I thought, okay, this is mapping out like that. We mapped it out on the podcast. I thought Texas might struggle against Abilene Christian, against that ball pressure, but I thought they would come out with a win because of that size. Shaka Smart, I don't know if he has to go, but that was an awful coaching performance yesterday. I thought he's done a great job all year, but man, when it came down to making an adjustment and trying to get his bigs involved and running a set play, there was nothing in the second half. Hey, you went on for three minutes. Where's the love? Where's the, Tom, you've been talking about Abilene Christian since November, 2017. So let's, just so everyone knows, I texted Eli the same day I made my first post on Twitter. Boy, this Abilene Christian team is something to watch. I mean, he wanted nothing to do with it. I don't even think he responded to my, to my text. <laughs> but this is a team, everyone knows who follows me. I kind of got on them early, and I've been watching them. I didn't love the matchup for the tournament, and here's why. I thought Texas was going to play the way they should have played, which is fast. Abilene Christian creates a lot of turnovers. They also turn the ball over a lot. Where was the ball pressure? I mean, credit to Abilene Christian. 
they didn't play as fast as they normally do. They did create turnovers, then they slowed it down. They pulled it back. They didn't get. They didn't run up and down with Texas. I thought they were going to play that way. I can't believe if you watch the Abilene Christian Arkansas game from earlier in the season, those Arkansas bigs were running the court. I mean that that's where the advantage was for Texas. Speed that game up. Get yep. those athletic bigs up and down the court you saw it briefly at the end of the first half because ac does go through scoring droughts and you saw texas starting to move the ball and i was like boy it's gonna be a tough second half because i had you know the plus nine i was like i don't know how i feel about this but and texas was up nine early in the second half right and i just i thought it was an awful awful job by shaka smart and we mentioned this on the show before this guy can recruit he gets talent we know that but at some point, you got to win some games. The tournament, there's a little bit of luck to it. Jim Beheim has a million wins. He's lost in the first round of the tournament a few times, right? It's not so much that. But when you get this kind of talent, and Texas has talent, man, to lose to Abilene Christian the way they did, and like we said many times, they get by this game in that region, they're going to go a long way. you got to win that one. You have to. You posted the tweet. Yes. Also, I was kind of mad at half. I liked it, and then I had to unlike it once Texas started to struggle in the second half because you were saying this game is going to help Texas in the log run, and I liked it initially. And then I thought to myself, like wait. <laughs> I, I know, but then You're I was thinking the, the game is not over. <laughs> we're, we're not done yet, Tom. It's not a blow. No, but yet. I was playing that kind of war, playing a pesky – you know, like sometimes you play – like I know, listen, listen, the Zags are great. The Zags are great. I'm not – but l- listen, that game's not going to do anything for them, right? They, they win all their games that way. Gonzaga needs one of those really tough games like this, I think. The West Coast Conference Tournament, final against yeah, – uh, no, uh, no, um, But BYU is a, is a trash bag, and we saw that last night. So the, the last time the Zags had a good win – um, I was watching Christmas movies with my son. That's how long ago it was. Uh, it, it was right before Christmas against Iowa. Virginia sucks. Kansas, they got in the first game. Auburn sucks. So, and the Zags are great. I'm not saying anything against them, but I'm just saying this would have helped Texas if they won this game by five, six, seven points and moved on because it would have been like, whew, that was a war. <laughs> but win the game by one. Win the game on the Andrew, Andrew Jones three. Matt Coleman, man. As, as much as I didn't want to lose money, and by the way, I did send you the text. So I'm not just making this up. I grabbed Texas plus three live yeah. in the middle part of the second half. So at least I was able to, to make some money back. But Matt Coleman, a senior guard, how do you foul there? How he got do- used, I thought. I, I, I mean, those guards for Abilene Christian, that to me, most surprising part of the game is them beating the Texas guards off the ball all night. I and, know, and on the glass. Like, right. how, how is Texas not first to the ball on that rebound, even though Kai Jones blocked it? You had, you had Jericho Sims. Where was Jericho Sims? Right. Sims played a great game. I don't want to get on him too much. I mean, that guy plays. But you, you know what's an underrated aspect of that loss? Where were the Texas guards rebounding? They're, way, they're much bigger, right? Yep. These, these, these Christian guards were beating them off the ball all night. They were throwing crap up, and it was going in. I understand that. But they had a lot of rebounding opportunities that they didn't, they didn't take advantage of. Just uh, – uh, you know, they give credit to Abilene Christian. We know, listen, we follow them. We know how hard they play. We knew it was going to be a dog fight for at least part of the game, and they got it done. You know, for people that are just joining the stream, this is not the Texas Abilene Christian post game show. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, was, it happened late night. 
you know, no, of course, I'm just, I'm just fucking around. A huge upset. We, we both, you know, I, I'm an Abilene Christian guy. We're both Texas guys. I mean, we got a comment on it. I mean, hell, uh, uh, both of our brackets are in the trash now. So, I also, hey, the the Purdue kid too, man. I see going into going into the going into the entire bracket. I thought the South region. I had no idea what to do with the South region from a bracket standpoint. I think Texas Tech could be Arkansas today. Everything is up for grabs in that region, except Wisconsin Baylor. But we'll hit on that game sure. in a second. Pimp this shirt, my man. Pimp this shirt for the people. Where's your shirt? I, <laughs> I wore back to back days. I wore it on Friday. And I wore it yesterday. I think it was shirts. I know, no, I know. What am I supposed to do? Wear it every single day of my life? I don't want you to wear it every single day of your life. I want you to wear it the two times we do a show. Totally. This is my BeckQLU. It's a black, yes. black BeckQLU live shirt. I'm sorry. Um, but if people want to get a shirt, get a shirt like that, subscribe, rate, and review to the BeckQLU podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite podcast. I think you can really. Uh, give it only a, a five-star review, though, if you do it on iTunes. So create a damn Apple account, whatever you need to do, and give us that five-star review yeah. because we're presented by BetMGM again, and you could use that promo code ELI600 and open up a BetMGM account today uh, using that bonus code ELI600, and your first bet is totally risk-free up to $600. So much for that Texas Guard experience. I hope you're not trying to talk smack. And listen, I kind of am, too. As, as much as I'm pissed uh, at looking at that comment, Matt Coleman played like crap. Courtney Ramey has had an awful or had an awful three or four game stretch to end, end the regular season and the conference tournament. And, and now the, their only NCAA tournament game, Courtney Ramey stat line, three points, 0-2 from three, 0-7 or 1-7 from the field overall, three rebounds, four turnovers, one block, two steals, three fouls. Where was the Courtney Ramey that put up 20-plus points against West Virginia, besides hitting threes. This guy is a very sound defensive guard. I'm not going to say he's not elite, but he's a sound defensive guard when he's on. And he hasn't. He wasn't on. I thought he would turn it back on, but it wasn't there. You mentioned Jericho Sims. He had a big game. Kai Jones was good besides a couple dumb shots in the second half when the shot clock was winding down, taking a fadeaway three from the wing. Matt Coleman, those seven turnovers, your lead guard is as he had a big three down the stretch, then Texas didn't score for three minutes. Matt Coleman cannot have seven turnovers. That's just a stat line you can't have as your as your primary ball handler. Yeah, and we'll move on before people yell at us, but I just want to make one point because I made it before the tournament. The biggest thing heading into March Madness is to erase who wins conference tournaments. There's not a bigger irrelevant thing heading into March Madness. The That is teams that can get hot, and then they stop. We started up again. So, I mean, you've already seen it. Georgetown got hot. Texas won their tournament. Um, the You know, there, there was a couple others out there. But the team we brought up that we compared the Texas Abilene Christian game to, Auburn, New Mexico State, Auburn won their conference tournament. No, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, black I, and white. I'm just saying, I don't think winning a conference tournament you know, predicates any success in the NCAA tournament. It's all about matchups. Sure. Listen, if Texas got, we kind of thought Abilene Christian got the bad matchup, but let's be honest, that was the t- we, that was the toughest lower-seeded team, I thought, of anybody. Just because the way they play, the they have athletes on that team. So if Texas gets a better draw, I mean, just think about if Texas got Colgate, right? They're going to slaughter them, slaughter them. So... That's really what the tournament's all about. It's who you draw, when you draw them, and Texas got caught. Get at me 
888-933-8388. I think we should dwell on Texas for an hour. We're getting to our bets, people. Right, We're getting to our bets. How about this? How about this for everybody that's trying to comment and make us feel bad about ranting about Texas? You can subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Once you do that, send us the picture of it in the chat. We'll get away from Texas. I'm just kidding. It's time to, it's time to uh, break down today's card and tomorrow's card brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. So, Tom, looking at the rest of the uh, odds board for today's NCAA tournament games, uh, Wisconsin going up against Baylor. I have a great comp for this game, and I, I, I think you'll actually really enjoy it. Uh, Baylor minus 6.5 against the spread, or uh, for the spread. Total of 137, and the Badgers are plus 240 on the money line. This game, and I know Wisconsin has a true point guard, right? They have Demetri Trice. They have Brad Davison who could run the point. This game reminds me a lot of uh, Baylor-Texas Tech, any sort of Baylor-Texas Tech matchup, right? Because while Texas Tech is a little more undersized than what Wisconsin is, I mean, they don't have a true, I guess, back-to-the-basket big besides Santos Silva. Wisconsin has Nate Reavers, who probably gets pounded today against against, uh, Tama Tachua or uh, Flo Thamba. They have Micah Potter. But Wisconsin relies on the three. And Texas Tech, when their offense is clicking, they rely on the three. I, I think I think this game is probably it, it might be a three or four point game at half. So similar to uh, similar to Illinois, Loyola, Chicago. If you want to take the dog first half, I don't hate it, but I think Baylor blows them out second half. I don't think Wisconsin is the offensive firepower. Like the comp for me with Wisconsin and Texas Tech is Red Raiders can go in, into spurts where they don't score for five or six minutes four or five minutes, whatever it may be, because they don't have a true point guard. Wisconsin has a true point guard, but their offense can be so inconsistent at times when they're not hitting shots. Yeah, I know a lot of people like Wisconsin today. I don't see it. I mean, they beat a saggy UNC team, uh, and the ACC sucks. I mean, it's we mentioned this on the show. It's not just down. It sucks. So you look at Wisconsin, they've had trouble, a lot of trouble with Iowa, Illinois, Michigan, you know, the the better teams in the Big Ten. I don't see how they hang with Baylor today. I I almost took this as a best bet, but, uh, you know, I I didn't want to lay like seven points right now. I I just think in the tournament that's kind of tough. But I do see, like you said, Baylor pulling away at some point. To me, it's going to be Wisconsin. They can't have a five, six-minute scoring drought in this game. If they do, it's good night. And I'm afraid that's what's going to happen. And I think at some point you're going to see Baylor shut them down defensively and get a lead where it's not going to go away. Digging into this matchup a little bit. Surprisingly, Baylor is one of the worst uh, defensive rebounding teams Mm -hmm. in, in college basketball, bottom 80 defensive rebounding rate. But Wisconsin is not taking advantage of that. Like, again, if you look at size, Baylor, yes, they're undersized, but they're also as bad as they are defensively on the glass. They have a top five offensive rebounding rate. Mark Vitale is one of the best offensive rebounders in college basketball because of how physical he is. I don't care if he's matched up against Nate Reavers or Micah Potter. It doesn't matter to me. He's, Baylor is such a good game rebounding team where Vitale is going to get his. And and Baylor, like, like you said, uh, minus six and a half kind of feels a little bit short. Yeah. I wouldn't take I wouldn't take full game if you're looking to back the Badgers. If you want any sort of Wisconsin angle, I would say first half. They are not. They are not keeping up with this Baylor team for a full forty minutes. No, I don't see it. And you know, we. I, I will say this: I didn't bet UNC in the first round game. I liked them, but you know, my bookie has a pool house for all the money I've lost betting against Wisconsin in the tournament. That's the only thing I'll say, man. It's uh, this team. Everyone talks about Syracuse. 
Wisconsin's very similar. Like the, they, they can kind of walk through the regular season, then they get in the tournament and their style gives people problems. I just think they needed a different seed where they weren't playing Baylor in the second round. This doesn't match. This isn't a great matchup for them. So I, I agree. I think Baylor pulls away in this game and wins by double digits. Let's get to Syracuse and West Virginia. I want to pull up the latest up-to-date odds for Q's in West Virginia because BetMGM has the best odds of any sports book on this game. And again, you can go to betmgm.com, use the promo code Eli600 for your first and your first bet is up to $600 and it's also risk-free. So bet up to 600 bucks. It's a risk-free bet over at BetMGM with the promo code Eli600. By the way, Tom, if you want to, um, as we kind of go along here, if you want to pull up that QL and see if there's any bets that stand out to you, four or five-star plays, we can hit on that as well. But man, I love this matchup for Syracuse today. And I think the line's a little inflated towards West Virginia. We, we did BetQL countdown to tip off yesterday morning over on the BetQL Audio Network. And Ken Barkley, who's a big, who's a good friend of ours, likes West Virginia a lot today. Yeah. He liked it at three and a half. And the market's moving along with him. Mm-hmm. West Virginia's perimeter defense. And we both have futures on West Virginia, but we've said it so many times. You bet against your future in Texas yesterday. I don't care about, about betting against my futures in the tournament. West Virginia's perimeter defense is so susceptible. So many open pockets from three. Buddy Bayheim is shooting 50%. It, not in his last two games. Not the last game against San Diego State, where, where uh, the Orange blew out the Aztecs in the round of 64. Buddy Bayheim is shooting 50% in his last 10 games. The man is unconscious. When Tom wants to bet on Syracuse, when he is willing to back Jim Bayheim, you listen. Go ahead, I'll follow. Yeah, the you know, Buddy Beheim. Maybe I'm gonna have to go back and delete some old tweets of uh, he's only playing because of his father. Um, <laughs> so I got to do I that. Got to find some of those, by the way, right now. <laughs> um, but so let's. Uh, I mean, everyone who follows me knows I live near Syracuse. I followed him my whole life. I have a lot to say about him. So let's start with San Diego State. All right, everyone's going crazy on the two-three zone. If you watch the game, they had a ton of open shots. They missed them. All right, that, that's that's the bottom line. And they didn't attack the zone correctly. They were just – you don't beat the zone by just shooting threes. You do how North Carolina's beaten it over the years. You go inside out. So I think West Virginia has the ingredients to do that. Uh, just so you know, I'm on Syracuse and the over here. I think both teams match up well offensively. Um, West Virginia, one of the best offensive rebounding teams. Syracuse, one of the worst defensive rebounding teams playing that zone. So I think Culver's going to dominate in the paint. But like you said – Syracuse's offense has topped 70 points in eight of the last 10 games. That's where I like them. It's not the 2-3 zone. It's uh, it's the offense that the, I think JB, I, I get on him, you know, for the zone, but he's found his rotation. You know, Joe Girard doesn't play as much, thank the Lord. Um, you know, Richmond, this, the freshman, is playing a lot more. He gives them length on the zone. He also is another another ball handler who can who can get into the lane and dish to the open shooters. So I think Syracuse is hitting on all cylinders offensively. I took the I took Syracuse plus three and a half, plus four. I think it's going to be a close game. And I also have the over 147 and a half, 148. I think both teams get in the 70s. Now I know what you're saying. You're saying. Tom had a big play on Arkansas with the pillow pet, right? <laughs> he came through. There's no way he. There's no way he's got a pillow pet for this game, right? Say hello to the Syracuse pillow pet. Incredible stuff. <laughs> One and zero in pillow pet games. We're going for two and zero. Let's go orange. <laughs>
That is that is incredible, my bad. By the way, it cost thirty five dollars a shot. Just so you know, I got a whole now. Back the loyal BetQL listeners know how much of those pillow bags cost. <laughs> I found your tweets, by the way. So you were engaging with a suspended account, I believe is the only time you've mentioned Buddy Beheim on. I don't know who that account is. Uh, you said it's getting harder and harder to convince people uh, that Jim Beheim was once a great coach. Here's to another 19-13 season and a seventh-place ACC finish. This is So this is going back to last season, not our suspended college basketball season. No idea what this guy said because it's a suspended account. Then you followed up with, it's, it's the worst offense in major college basketball. <laughs> Guys just stand around and chuck up three-pointers. Can't stand to watch it anymore. Virginia would have lost to any team with a heartbeat tonight. Okay, so maybe this was, I guess, when Syracuse beat Virginia, or maybe leading up to the game. Because I think they played in the in one of the openers, one of Virginia's early, uh, early uh, season games after winning the title. Suspended account, we can't <laughs> see his tweet. Couldn't agree more. The fact that Buddy Bayhive is logging big minutes at a school like Syracuse is beyond comical. Walk it back, man. Walk it back right now. The Hey, I mean, the kid's playing good. Uh, at, at the time, those comments were somewhat true. So, the but hey, the, the thing is, there's not much suspense with Syracuse. My point is kind of, they chuck up threes. That's what they do. I mean, you saw in the ACC tournament, they were taking threes from the logo. So, yeah, when those are dropping and the other team isn't making shots, Syracuse wins. The, nobody's ever argued my main point, by the way. I've never heard one argument of why Jim beheim has been in the 2-3 zone for 40 years. We've asked coaches on the show. They can't tell us. So that's my argument with Syracuse. I mean, this, listen, I'm not saying the guy's not a good coach. He's got 10,000 wins. I'm just saying that at some point you would think he'd get out of that defense. But I do think West Virginia can hurt the 2-3 the zone. I love Culver in the middle there. You know, I think he's going to have a big game. They're going to have a lot of open shooters on the perimeter. But the way Syracuse's offense is playing, and you've been saying this for weeks, months now, that West Virginia perimeter defense, it's going to get exploited in the tournament. Win or lose, I think it gets exploited today. Yeah, I think Syracuse is keeping this thing within a possession. Tom and I both got Q's at plus three and a half. BetMGM still has Syracuse at plus four and a half. Grab that number right now. Uh, want to comment on a couple things before I get into some of my matchup breakdowns for this game. Derek Culver, yes, he can expose a zone, but he also turns the ball over a good amount. 16.5% tur- uh, turnover rate. So if Culver is loose with the ball against Dolajai, Syracuse is going to get transition opportunities. And this is not one of your... Syracuse has played at slower tempos in years past under Jim Beheim, but they want to speed you up in transition with Beheim, uh, Buddy Beheim, Alan Griffin, man. That is one of the best transfers. You know, we haven't, I think we did like a transfer podcaster, touchdown transfers in our preseason podcast. Alan Griffin has turned into one of the best high major transfers in college basketball, going from Illinois, a title contender now to Syracuse. How incredible would it be if we got Illinois versus Syracuse? Alan Griffin against his former team in the Elite Eight. I think it has a shot to happen. I think that I think this bottom part of the I do too. bracket in the in the in the Midwest region is wide open. Yeah, and no, you may you make a great point here because again, you know, I, I get on the two-three zone, but I also said I thought I think Bayheim over the last 10 games has done a really good coaching job with this team because it's not his most talented team. And the thing you said, I think, is the key point. They're trapping people a lot more out of that zone. They're 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 pressing more. They're trying to speed the game up. You know, J- JB knows his team now, 
And he knows, like you said, this isn't a slower pace kind of team. We want to get out in transition. We want to hit threes. So to his credit, the team has changed from two, three months ago. And I think that's a great point about Culver because they're going to trap him down low a little bit. They're going to try to get turnovers and get out transition. I think it's going to be a fun game. I mean, you know, hell, I thought BYU was going to score 90 points last night. So what do I know? But I think this is going to, you know, I don't bet a lot of totals. I don't. But you don't? No, I don't like betting totals. For the perfect, perfect example, BYU last night. If you watch the first two minutes of that game, you went, uh-oh, they were airballing threes. You know what I mean? Like, they don't shoot that way. So it's hard to know when a team is going to shoot well and when they aren't. The reason I like the over here is because I think both teams match up so well offensively to defensively. This feels like a fun back-and-forth 70s, 80s kind of game. So I'm going to take the points with Syracuse and go over. Yeah. I think it's. I think this is one of the better bets you could make, especially – uh, over at Bad MGM, getting the four and a half points. Yeah. One more, one more quick point I want to make. So we brought up West Virginia's perimeter defense. And by the way, this is where Kempom. And if you look at Kempom, if you look at any other metric site, Bart Bartorvik is great. Eric Haslam has a metrics friend of the show is fantastic. Bartorvik also friend of the show. We have a lot of friends of the college basketball space, and you should check out all their work at their respective uh, and their respective products. But West Virginia is allowing a top one thirty. In a, in a positive sense, top 130 opponents, three-point percentage. But that doesn't show the full body of work because in conference play, without Shibway, after he transferred to Kentucky, uh, Bob Huggins switched to that matchup zone and went to that small ball lineup. Now West Virginia is much more susceptible to the three ball. So if you get good looks for Griffin and Buddy Bayon, which should happen in transition for the Syracuse team, if, if this is a battle on the glass, if this is a, a lower scoring game, West Virginia is going to probably cover the line. Yeah. But – I think Syracuse forces enough turnovers against, and this is this team can force turnovers. That's the other point. Of, that's the other point of this. It's not just your your prototypical matchup zone where they're not going to pressure the ball. I also think Syracuse has an advantage on the offensive glass, top 100 offensive rebounding rate. West Virginia with a bottom uh, 40 defensive rebounding rate. Gurrier is going to have a big game on the glass. He's probably going to get matched up against Bridges, West Virginia's freshman, uh, offensively and defensively when Bridges on, is on the floor. I, I think Syracuse wins this game outright. Yeah, I'll take points. just to drive home the point on their defense, if you go back to January, West Virginia's played 12 games against Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Baylor, Texas, and Florida. Uh, tough teams, good teams. They give up an average of over 80 points per game in against those teams. So the good teams have been able to exploit this defense. And right now I would uh, classify Syracuse as a good offense. So I think, you know, I also took the Syracuse team total over you know, I think they get in the mid-70s here pretty comfortably. So you have Syracuse against the spread, just to recap. Syracuse against the spread. You have the full game over, and I believe at BetMGM that is sitting at 147.5, which, so it hasn't really moved much. And then you yeah. also have the Syracuse team total over. Yeah, I think if West Virginia, I, I, like you said, if it's a low-scoring game, West Virginia, West Virginia is going to cover. So, you know, but I, I do think both these teams have big, big advantages offensively. So, and again, hey, if it's a case of BYU where they nobody can make a shot, then you take the loss on the over. There's nothing you can do about that. But I, the way Syracuse's offense is playing right now, and you can go back a month, I, I feel like they're going to have some opportunities here to, to get out and transition and score points. With you there. So we're both, we're both on cues. That is one of our best bets. And you could check out the breakdown over at BetQL. Download the BetQL app today. BetQL helps you find the edges to beat the sports books. Downloaded it in the Apple App Store and in Google 
play. And the next game we're going to hit on here starts a little bit after, about an hour after uh, Syracuse West Virginia tips off. BetQL has a best bet, Tom, five-star best bet on Texas Tech and Arkansas. Even though I asked you to get that, I got it myself. You did, and I forgot. <laughs> you're 40. You're straight up 40, right? Sure. We'll go okay. with that. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go with that. Uh, Texas Tech, minus 130 on the money line. That's what uh, BetQL is a five-star best bet on, minus 130 Texas Tech on the money line. So, Tom, let's get into this Arkansas-Texas Tech game. Red Raiders opened at, as a one-point favorite, or maybe this thing opened at a pick. It got driven up to one pretty quick. Uh, went back down to a pick last night. Now it's back up to one, and it's also over the one. So Texas Tech is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Arkansas plus 105 on the money line and total of 140-and-a-half for this game. Yeah, I typically don't bet conferences. Uh, you know, I, I did think the Big 12 was by far and away the best conference um, this year, and Texas blew. Uh, they would have been 7-0 and in the first round, first conference ever if Texas had won. But this is – I give Texas Tech a slight edge here. I think they play tougher competition. I think this is a dead-even game. I really do. I think it's going to be close. I have a Arkansas 100-1 to to win it all. And this is, again, one of those games. I think if Arkansas can get by here, we might be able to do some damage throughout the tournament. But I'm going to give a slight lean to Texas Tech. I like the matchup a little bit better for the Red Raiders. Yeah, if for Arkansas to win this game – they got to get the ball to the paint and they got to get the ball to the basket. Texas Tech does allow a lot of free throws. So if this becomes, if Arkansas controls the pace, I mean, this is a, a true game of tempo, right? Texas Tech wants to kind of muck it up. Arkansas is a top 35 adjusted tempo in college basketball. So that's possessions on a per 100 basis. Uh, Texas Tech wants to slow it down, play in the half court, get some open shots, get some dribble drive motion offense action for Terrence Shannon Jr. on the, uh, on a cut, whatever it may be, Santos Silva on the block, Micah Peavy driving to the basket, even though he's probably his best offensive is, is in transition. But Mac McClung is the key to this game. If, if, if Texas Tech controls the tempo and McClung hits shots in the half court, our, Texas Tech is winning this game outright. If McClung struggles like he has for many games, like he did against Texas in the Big 12 tournament quarterfinal, Arkansas probably controls the pace. And, and went to this game outright. I have a tough time laying a point and a half with Texas Tech. I, if you want to lay the juice on the money line, like BetQL wants to, even though I personally wouldn't do that, you can go that route. But I do think Texas Tech wins this game. Yeah, and you said the key word tempo. Uh, Arkansas to me is one of the te- one of the few teams that they can turn a deficit into an into a lead in a hurry and we saw that against Colgate right <laughs> luckily for me they were down 14 points and within a, a couple minutes they had the lead at half they want to play that fast crazy style and when they're doing it well they go on runs and that's what Texas Tech needs to avoid here and play that play that slow tempo I think it's a good coaching matchup I I, I like both teams I'm going to stay away from it and just watch the game but I do lean Texas Tech to win this game and it's going to be interesting I do think the winner of this game can go far in the tournament I'm with you there the one area of concern for Tech and this is also a reason why I'm staying away is this no middle defense they're going to pack the paint they're not going to allow Arkansas when when it's in the half court in transition Texas Tech will have a tough time stopping Arkansas but if it's in the half court and that no middle defense collapses, can Arkansas hit shots? Will their three-point shots drop? If, if the Hogs are hitting shots in the half court, Arkansas could also win this game. I think that the overall 
the overall tempo and this trending towards a half court game definitely benefits Texas Tech. But if Arkansas is hitting shots in the half court from three, if Moody's on, if Sills is on, Arkansas could still win this game. No doubt about it. The and the three point shooting is going to be key. The I, I think Arkansas and Alabama are very similar teams, right? The when their three point shots are falling, they're tough to beat. But when they're not, they and if you can slow them down, they have uh, tougher times finding ways to win the game. And that's what Texas Tech is going to try to do. They're going to try to ugly this game up, make you know bleed possessions, uh, make Arkansas be patient. That's not their game. So it's going to be a battle of tempo and styles. We'll see who wins out. That is Tom Casale at the Tom Casale on Twitter, the managing editor of sports betting over at BetQL and, and radio.com sports. I'm Eli Herskovich, executive producer of sports betting on the BetQL audio network. And we are BetQLU, the first ever sports betting podcast, really for BetQL, uh, at least from a college basketball standpoint. Because what? You better you bet and BetQL Daily, uh, formerly BetSweats, launched before BetQL was a part of Entercom. So I think we are the unofficial, official, first ever BetQL podcast, which is pretty awesome. So we gave you breakdowns for the first four round of 32 games on the card. Now it is time. And the people need to start commenting. We need to get the comments going here for this game. It is time. I don't know if this is going to be a rivalry game yet because I don't know if Tom's position on the game has flipped. <laughs> Houston I, against... I, I forgot all about it, actually. There you go. <laughs> what the hell is he doing over there? Time for what? <laughs> Unbelievable. Houston against Rutgers, baby. Uh, in the round of 32 in the Midwest, Midwest region. Total of 131.5. Rutgers is plus 310 on the money line. The Scarlet Knights going up against the Cougs at Dejan Giroux. Uh, Jerome, by the way, Jerome might not play in this game for Houston. Keynote there. He got banged up in the Cleveland State game. Tom can go on a rant about Cleveland State's bench mob, or maybe not because they're out of the tournament. Uh, but Jerome is questionable. We didn't see him much in the tournament. They didn't last long. Uh, that's true. And, and thankfully, after the Horizon League championship game, and we both bet on Oakland, I believe. So to me, in this game, and by the way, Jerome was Samson in my, in my article on BetQL and Radio.com Sports. Um, Samson said yesterday that Jarreau was likely going to play. Now there are reports today from uh, a well-known Houston Cougars beat reporter that Jarreau is questionable for the game. So that's that's a, a key note to keep in mind when it comes to Houston and Rutgers because Jarreau can hit the three. He's a pretty good on-ball defender. That's an important injury to watch for. Miles Johnson, who banged up his ankle uh, against Clemson on Friday in an ugly college basketball game that Rutgers survived in, uh, he is supposed to play. He's supposed to suit up for Steve Peichel's team. He did participate in their media session yesterday. So that's that's a good sign for, for Miles Johnson and for Rutgers, who's their best interior big. Tom, have you flipped? Are you on the Scarlet Knights bandwagon for one game? One game. I am not. The I, I think Houston wins this game. I think they have too much talent. Not I, win I, the game, though. Cover. Cover? This number... I think it's a touch high, touch high. I, I I would see seven to me seems like the number for this game if you're looking at body of work and everything. So I can see taking Rutgers in the points here. The, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Houston likes to gang rebound, right? And the they have a lot of success with that in their conference uh, with teams that they have more talent than. Yep. Be interesting to see how that comes out today against a, a bigger front line. 
uh, a tough team like Rutgers. Say what you want about Rutgers, but they're one of the tougher teams. You know, like to play that 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 kind of pace. So they're going to try to they're going to try to bully Houston down low. And if Rutgers is making their shots, I think this is going to be a pretty competitive game. I do like Houston to win in advance, but I'm not going to lay eight eight and a half in this game. So I took the eight and a half last night. That was available. I think that was available also at BetMGM. It's now eight. So the best number available is at BetMGM. Once again, the king of sportsbooks. Use the promo code ELI600 for a risk-free $600 up to a $600 first bet on your first deposit over at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. If Rutgers and their perimeter defense comes to play today and it came up, it came to play against Clemson in the round of 64, holding Clemson to, I believe, like a, a 30, a below a 30% a three-point shooting percentage. Geo Baker and Jacob Young on the perimeter, if they're able to stymie this uh, Houston perimeter uh, offense and get out in transition, which is where Rutgers is at its best, Rutgers can dominate this the tempo in this game if they're able to hold uh, Houston and run Houston off the three-point line. You got to get to the rim like they did against Clemson in the second half, more so in the second half than the first half in that game. Also, I, I think Ron Harper has a, a match advantage against Gorham. Houston's big because Houston runs two bigs on the floor. They have the Arkansas transfer. I think it's Cheney and then Gorham. They run, they run two true bigs. Uh, Rutgers runs that more of a small ball lineup and Ron Harper jr. Doesn't have the quickest foot speed, but still against a big, if he can at least if, if he's in transition and Rutgers is playing less so of a half court game, Harper will have an advantage in that matchup. Yeah. A couple of things. One Clemson is trash. So the, you know, Rutgers won that game. The other thing is this, uh, I really hope he, you're making me root for Rutgers because, you know, I'm a team player and you know, I'm a man of the people. I'm a team player and you you picked Rutgers, so I have to have to root for him to cover. But I really hope Houston wins this game by three, four points for a couple reasons. One, I don't want to have to listen to you anymore. And two, oh, you're going we're, we're running out of pictures in Getty for me to put in your articles. <laughs> so I, I'm hoping at some point we move on to another team so I can find more pictures in Getty for your articles. We're not... We're not moving on because guess who has a sprinkle on the money line? <laughs> Let's go. A little sprinkle for our boys. And by the way, I, I was getting tweets yesterday saying in our best bets article for well, not only our best bets, but in our up upsets article, we both said sprinkle three times. You had Winthrop. I had Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara Winthrop played a competitive first half Santa against Villanova. Yeah. Santa Barbara almost won that game against Creighton. Ohio won outright. We both had Ohio. If you took Ohio on the money line at plus two eighty, it covered all of your all the other two losses. I uh, mean, and, 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 I mean the other two teams had a chance. I mean, you know, we're picking we're those those are seven you know eight point underdogs. The you know Winthrop kind of you know that was kind of the sexy pick. The the they uh, you know Winthrop has eleven guys. I mean, find one who can shoot the damn ball. So I mean, they couldn't make any shots against Villanova, but they were around. They they made a run. They were around there for a while. I mean, your pick on Santa Barbara. I, I mean, what do you want? The, yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, the game. yeah they, they were right there at the end. That's that's what you're looking for. Uh, you know, uh, I should have I should have picked Abilene Christian. Uh, I, I you know I I don't have any marbles. What do you want from me? I'm with you. No, we went five and zero in our best bets, and we're getting slammed. <laughs> what do you people want? We had an outright win with Ohio. Eli has an outright win with Oral Roberts. I mean, we can't do any better than that. Damn right, Tom. Tell the people what's up. All right, so you lean towards Rutgers. It sounds like. 
Yeah, I think the line is, you know, about where it should be. Like I said, maybe a little high. Uh, I really wouldn't lay. I think Houston, the market loves Houston. They're often overvalued. And I think that's the case here again today. All right. So that's our breakdown for Rutgers Houston. I'm with you. And it's a great point, actually, because in conference play, Houston is typically a 10, 11 point favorite. And listen, they cover most of the time, but this is a good matchup for Rutgers because of their perimeter defense. And all the time in, in, in the tournament, you mentioned this with Abilene Christian. You mentioned this. We, we brought this up with a ton, a ton of other games. It's all about forcing the opponent to adjust or forcing the opponent out of its comfort zone. Houston wants to play in the half court for the most part. Rutgers wants to run. If Rutgers can attack the rim in transition and, and efficiently do that, attack the basket, they have a shot to win this game outright. Uh, moving on on BetMGM over to Oral Roberts, Florida. Uh, Florida, an eight and a half point favorite. Oral Roberts plus 333 on the money line, total of 148 and a half. I would love to take Max Acemas one more time. Would love to take Oral Roberts one more time. But this is a bad matchup against the Gators. We can kind of quickly go through a lot of these uh, games for today and tomorrow, Tom. Well, uh, Timeout, show meeting here. Are we, do we want to break down tomorrow's games or should we just stick to today's games? Well, no, we should because we're not doing another show. So if we, you know, go through them quick, if we have picks. Um, okay. I know we we'll can, do it quickly. Yeah. And like games like this, I don't think either of us have a bet. So we can just touch right. on it quickly and move on. Okay. So the matchup to me to watch for in this game is, I mean, it's it's the clear cut one, right? It's Florida's perimeter defense, which is much better than what Ohio State could bring to the table against O'Banner, against Aismas against this Oral Roberts three-point uh, just barrage that came up big in the second half and in overtime against Ohio State. We'd love to take the points with Oral Roberts, just not a good matchup for the for uh, for the Golden Eagles. Yeah, when you're looking at teams that can win two games, right, like Ohio, Santa Barbara, they have, like, those teams are pretty good. Like, I, you, those teams can win two games in the tournament. To me, Oral Roberts is a one-and-done team. The They got a, they got a Ohio State team that was susceptible. I don't know if they have the overall talent to make the Sweet 16. I, I think Florida has a lot of advantages in this game. I'm not going to lay the points, but I lean Florida to win pretty comfortably. All right, moving along here. How about this? That was about a minute-long breakdown from Tom and I on one game. That has got to be a record for <laughs> QLU. And that's also mostly my fault. My fault. Uh, Villanova is a five and a half point favorite. I think it's some books and BetMGM. I don't believe is one of them. But over at BetMGM, I'm pulling up the exact updated odds on this game. By the way, this game tips off at eight forty-five Eastern. So Villanova is still a a five and a half point favorite against the Mean Green. Total of one twenty-six. North Texas is plus two hundred on the money line. Can I convince you? Because I, I kind of want to. And I was thinking about this yesterday. We were breaking down the uh, when I was thinking about which games I want to break down. Taking North Texas against the spread. Yeah, um, you know, again, I said this when we uh, were previewing the tournament. Uh, I'm big in really getting into certain conferences. The I I wasn't that in on North Texas. I I hadn't uh, really uh, bro broken down that conference a lot and betted a lot. So I stayed away from that first round game. But the few times I've watched them, I mean, they're pretty impressive. And, you know, Villanova played good defensively against Winthrop. I thought Winthrop missed a lot of shots, uh, a lot of shots that they normally knock down. And this and was not, also Winthrop isn't a great three point shooting team. North right. Texas is right. And well, and that's the, I thought Winthrop missed a lot of easy shots, you know, near the near the basket when uh, when that game was was getting close that maybe could have turned the tide. So listen, Villanova's got a great coach. Uh, they play hard. So they're going to get the most out of their talent. 
I still think they're a little overvalued. I wouldn't be surprised. We were talking about teams that could win two games in the tournament. North Texas, to me, looks like they have that kind of talent. So I wouldn't be surprised if they upset Villanova today. Going back to the Purdue-North Texas game from Friday, Purdue didn't run a single offensive set in their first three possessions. Travion Williams, I took Purdue live, took Purdue plus two and a half, and they would have covered if that game didn't go to freaking overtime. But Travion Williams takes a, a 20-foot jump shot on Purdue's first possession in he overtime after awful. that shot. He, he really played bad in that game. Yeah. Except on that, he had the he forced the turnover and and had the and one in transition. Heck of a play for a, a oh, six. Yeah. yeah, the thing about Purdue though, um, I know you had them going to the Final Four. I didn't agree with that this year. I, they're a young team, you know. That, I think I think Purdue was a next year team, uh, and sometimes young teams get in the tournament. It's been a crazy year. I think you're going to see a much improved Purdue team next year. Um, and- they still, if you, it's similar to like, I, I get your point hundred percent. I thought, I think the South region is similar to the East is wide open. It's, it was, it's tough when you're making a bracket like that, but Purdue had the, I mean, you're, you're a coin flip away because you're going to overtime and they made the comeback, but like they were right in that game in the second half. You're a coin flip away. I'm just defending the pick. You're, no, I'm you're saying, right and, I, and I'm saying though, but they did get outplayed all game. Like, yeah, te- yeah. like last night, you know, that's a uh, last night, Texas was um, Buster Douglas. And I mean, Evelyn Christian was Buster Douglas and Texas was Mike Tyson. Tyson got whooped all night and almost got lucky with an uppercut and won that fight. Right. Texas got beat all night. Now, if they won, they would have lucked out and moved on. But I don't know about beat all night. Purdue got beat all night. I don't think Texas uh, got beat all night. I, I don't know. I mean, the guys were laying on the ground. Blood was pouring out. He <laughs> <laughs> got their asses whooped. <laughs> All right. We won't argue about that. We don't have time for that. Uh, that's not why people came to the podcast. No, I so like, I, 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 you know what? There's, there's a chance I play North Texas tonight. We'll see how the Syracuse game goes. You know, this could be a, this could be a Casali chaser. If, uh, if, <laughs> if West Virginia wins uh 58-51, uh, this could be a money line North Texas chaser. I like it. So breaking this thing down a little more, uh, Villanova is giving up a bottom bottom 45 opponent's three-point scoring yep. rate. North Texas shoots it at a top 120 uh, three-point scoring rate. So that means a majority or a lot of their points come from behind the arc. And if you look at this game against Purdue, the player to watch for is Thomas Bell. He had some huge plays in overtime, man. He's not a great three-point shooter himself, but his ability as like a, I don't want to call him a true big, but he's more of like your prototypical big, I guess like tr- maybe a small four in, in college basketball than a guy like that's a, a a guy that can handle the ball on the wing that's 6'6". Six, six. But they have a bunch of shooters on this team too. Hamlet had a big game against Purdue, also got to the line a ton. That's a guy that can get to the paint against a Villanova defense that is missing – one of its best on-ball defenders, not just one of its best three-point shooters in Colin Gillespie, uh, who tore his MCL going back to a few weeks ago. So I will be on North Texas. I think this line's a little bit inflated, and you might be able to find a six out there too. If you want to wait on BetMGM and use the promo code ELI600 to do that, uh, more than welcome to. I'm looking here to see what number we can get. It's a six. Do you want to you grab it with North Texas with the mean green? Yeah, I, I would take six. Uh you know, my official plays are Syracuse and over, and I have strong leans to Baylor and North Texas. Are you going to bet it, though? Probably. I mean, it's like 11 o'clock Eastern time. Can I have, you know, can I think about it a little bit? No, <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Absolutely uh, You not. know, it's I'm like everybody else. I have, like, strong plays I go in the day with, but we'll see how, you know, things get, th- things things can go wrong, things can go right, and then we'll see. Let me put it this way. 
if uh, I've had a pretty good tournament so far. If that goes Syracuse and over, I'll have a couple hundred on uh, the, the mean green money line. Let's let's roll the dice, baby. I like it. And I will say, just to give ourselves some credit here, you want a shit ton of money on Arkansas. I want a shit ton of money on Friday on Rutgers. One of the best feelings in the world in the tournament when you're watching that stuff go, go down, even when Colgate's up in the first half. <laughs> even uh, when you're sweating that out. People don't know this, but I get so nervous when I give out picks. Like, I don't care about my bet. I'm just worried because I knew so many people bet Arkansas because of me. I'm a mess. Uh, yeah, my, my wife doesn't even want me to do the show anymore. I'm an absolute mess. Did she really say that? She can't stand when I give out a pick because I'm uh, the I, I don't like losing other people money. I, I bet what I can bet. I've lost money before. I I, I can deal with it, but I, I know so many people because I was one of my big fat mouth and I had a pillow pet on the air. We're betting Arkansas. <laughs> and I just hey, didn't want to lose. I think it got a lot of traction on Twitter after they after they won a coverage. So good job there. But yeah, and I just I, I hate losing people money. So I'm glad that pick won. Let's uh, let's hope Syracuse gets it home and then we'll we'll take it from there. Last game of the night before we go rapid style uh, fashion for tomorrow's bets and the games we're looking at for Monday. Uh, or Oregon State against Oklahoma State. Oregon State upsets Tennessee in the round of 64 as an eight, eight and a half point dog. They're catching five and a half against the Cowboys today. Total of 140, uh, 141. And the Beavers are plus 200 on the money line. We can make this quick. Yeah, I lean Oklahoma State. The, I think Oregon State's going to play with them for a while. Oregon State's played well down the stretch uh, this year, and they're shooting the ball really well. I wouldn't be surprised if they upset them, but to me, or uh, Oklahoma State, just the stronger overall team with a star player, You know, I think at some point they're going to pull away in this game. All right. I, I, I'm with you. As, as well as Oregon State played against Tennessee, that's Tennessee. And as, as, much as, as much as Oklahoma State struggled against Liberty in the round of 64 – Oregon State doesn't have the kind of defense, the kind of gang rebounding, and the kind of tempo to really make or Oklahoma State play out of their comfort zone, and they don't have a good matchup for Kate Cunningham. Yeah, I mean, Clemson versus Tennessee would have been a great NIT game. Yep, I'm, I'm with you there, uh, unfortunately. So on to tomorrow's card, Tom, over at BetMGM, uh, the king of sportsbooks. Iowa against Oregon. This line at BetMGM is sitting at Iowa minus four and a half. Oregon catching four and a half, but juice there, minus 120 if you want to get uh, the hook with the four with the Ducks. Total of 147, and Oregon is plus 155 on the money line. Yeah, I have a little bit to say on this game. Um, the You know, I'm 6-1 and one in Iowa games this year, and I was up till 3 in the morning. Last night, two of those hours, I was just staring at this line. I wanted to bet Iowa minus four so badly, um, and I didn't pull the trigger. For, I, I just couldn't do it. Here's my problem. I, I think I don't like that Oregon didn't play against yeah. UCLA. You know, I, I've heard some people say, well, hey, they get to go in the next round. I'm not a fan of that. So I think Iowa has an advantage there. If they had played, I, I would have probably been on Oregon here. I also thought the line opened a little lower than, than I anticipated. I thought it was going to be like five, five and a half, and it opened four. So I do think there's a little value on Iowa, but I'm probably just going to stay away and uh, look to bet the winner of this game maybe down the line. My issue with, with Iowa is their perimeter defense. Oregon, yes. when they press, like we saw it against Gonzaga, right? And that I don't want I'm not trying to compare Oregon's defense to Gonzaga's. Gonzaga under Mark Few traditionally doesn't have an elite defense. I think they do this year, especially with that athleticism and a really good on-ball defender in Jalen Suggs. Iowa turned the ball over, I think, 12 or 13 uh 13 times in the beginning of non-conference play, late non-conference play, whatever it was, when Gonzaga and Iowa matched up. 
if Dana Altman and the Ducks control the tempo and are able to press three quarters of the court up, I mean, they could even press when they're down. We saw that against USC late in conference play. And these two teams might match up again, USC and Oregon, if they both advance. I think Oregon can give Iowa some issues defensively. Even, but the question is right. the the big the big uh, the big debate going into tomorrow is how do you gauge Oregon without a game out under their belt in the NCAA tournament? Because if they hit their threes against an Iowa perimeter defense that can be had, if Figueroa is on from three, if Duarte is on from three, Will Richardson. You also, I think, we have to take this into into consideration here. This isn't a team that doesn't have an elite coach. Dana Altman is one of the best coaches in college basketball. So I, when we're trying to cap Oregon and we're trying to cap the Ducks in the tournament without a game under their belt, that has to be taken into consideration. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I will say this, like you mentioned the turnovers, statistically, Iowa doesn't turn the ball over. They're number one in the country in fewest turnovers. So I think that's going to be a big part of the game. You know, there's no, we can break this game down every which way you want, but there's really not, you don't have to be a brain surgeon to figure out Iowa games. They're going to shoot a ton of threes. If those threes are dropping, they're tough to beat. If they're not, you know, I think Oregon wins this game. So, you know, I think it comes down to that again, uh, like you said. And Oregon's perimeter defense can also be had. Yeah, right. And the the fact that we didn't get to see Oregon play a game really hurts them, in my opinion. I have a feeling Iowa wins this one. All right. I am probably going to stay away from the game as much as I would bet Oregon because they had the matchup advantage against VCU, too. So that's something to keep in mind. I think they would have blown VCU out, to be honest. Yep, especially with that press and that 2-3 zone against a VCU team that has turnover problems. And it does suck that VCU couldn't even play a game in the tournament because they I don't think they would have made it last year, but it's not of the chance to play in back-to-back years. It's pretty brutal for that Rams team. Uh, Gonzaga, 14-point favorite against uh, against Oklahoma, that is, not against their own team. Total of 154, and the Sooners are plus 775 on the money line. Tom, would you consider uh, getting the points with the Sooners? Uh, well, at first you said Gonzaga was going to play their own team. I think that game might be a little bit more competitive. So let me know. Let me know if that's going to happen. Uh, Keep it posted. This, this is uh, this is a, not a good matchup for Oklahoma. The I will be on the Zags over team total. I think uh, here. I, like I know it's high. It's high, but uh, they're going to do whatever they want down low. Um, you know, Manic is a. He had some big shots against Mizzou no, yesterday. Not, not offensively, that. not offensively, defensively. You know, if you watch that game, I mean, every time Oklahoma started to pull away in that game, um, Missouri went down. I mean, they're going to have trouble in the paint against the Zags. They're going to try to slow the game down a little bit, but it's hard to do that if you're down 12 in the first, you know, 10 minutes of the game. So they got to keep that game close for a while. I just think this is a bad matchup. I mean, let's not try to kid ourselves. The Zags are going to roll roll for a while in the tournament until they get tested. The one thing to keep in mind too with Oklahoma is no Davion Harmon. He yes. wasn't just missing their first round game against um against Mizzou. And that's a Mizzou team that can be had when you're pushing the pace with, with Austin Reeves yesterday and and uh, uh the rest of their Oklahoma backcourt. So I was less concerned with the Mizzou matchup, even though I lean towards Mizzou than I am for this one without Davion Harmon to be able to keep pace with, with Gonzaga and cover the 14. No, no doubt. And you know that I originally I had Oklahoma as one of my best bets. And right as we were posting the article, the news came out about Harmon, so I took it out. I did like Oklahoma a lot in that matchup. I just thought they were the better team. But like you said, now you're taking a scorer away against, you know, let's be honest, in a game where you probably got to score 
in the high 80s to win. I just don't see it happening. Yep, I'm with you there. So first two games on the Monday card, we broke down Oregon and Gonzaga. Tom likes the team total over. Is that Will that be an official play for you? Yeah, I'll, I'll be on that. Okay. Uh, no bet for me in Oregon, Iowa, or Oklahoma, Gonzaga. Abilene Christian, your Abilene Christian team, going up against UCLA. That somehow beat BYU because BYU could not hit a shot uh, when they needed to to keep that thing. And they, they kind of came back, and I thought Mick Cronin's team was going to choke. But Johnny Juzang was incredible once again. Does UCLA cover this line? Is this line a little bit inflated? Or would you take the dog? Or I guess that those things kind of go hand in hand. Would you take the dog and just upset Texas? I, I like Abilene Christian a little bit again. I, I think their style is so hard to prepare for. You don't you don't see this. Well, I'm surprised more lower schools don't don't play this style. You know, you can recruit a certain kind of player that wants to play this. It's way. Chris Beard. It's a major version of yeah. Chris Beard. This is what Arkansas Little Rock was when Arkansas Little Rock beat Purdue. Maybe not mucking it up as much, but when they upset Purdue going back to four or five years ago in the round of 64. Yeah, no doubt. And a lot there are a few teams in that Southland Conference who play this style. So I, I think it's, you know, we saw a Stephen F. Austin uh, win game in the tournament playing the same style. So I do think this uh, this presents some challenges. You know, I did say a couple weeks ago that I was a little bit higher on UCLA than you were. I thought they lost some close games. You know, I did think Cronin was doing a good job um, after after missing some key pieces to that team. But I do think they're, you know, let's, this is a team that Christian can play with. So the line's sitting at five right now, right? Four and a half at BetMGM, actually. Oh, well, down four and a half. Yes. Okay, so. Abilene yeah. Christian plus 165 on the money line. Five or above, I would consider taking Abilene Christian. Yeah, I'm with you there, I think. Because money came in on Abilene Christian, and as it should, after that win yesterday. If you look at this from a matchup standpoint, uh, UCLA, they want to get to the rim. And they do have a size advantage against Abilene Christian, but. Uh, ECU is one of the better rebounding teams in their conference, and I think we can kind of carry that over to a UCLA team that is still without Chris Smith towards ACL going back to the beginning of conference play. If, if Johnny Juzang goes off again, UCLA covers this line. But the ball pressure of Abilene Christian, you do have a true point guard and a, a point guard that doesn't turn the ball over in Tiger Campbell. Like That's the one area to point to. Abilene Christian has the highest opponent's turnover rate in college basketball. UCLA turns it over at a bottom 42 clip, 45 clip, if you want to take, you know, standard, whatever, from five to 10, whatever. Uh, UCLA turns it over at a bottom 45 clip in college basketball or top 45 in a positive sense. So this isn't going to be your typical or going back to the last game where Texas's guards struggle to handle the ball. Yeah, and, tech, and uh, Christian has to get turnovers. They average 28 a game, like you said, number one in the country. So if they're not getting turnovers, if they're if they're not setting up their their offense uh, through that kind of tempo, I do think. I also think that you know I mentioned Texas. I was surprised they didn't want to play faster with Abilene Christian. I do think UCLA will play that style. You know, they they, they don't mind playing fast. So this is all going to come down to if they can create turnovers or not. It's going to be an interesting game. Like I said, it's a tough team to prepare for on, on a short turnaround. It should be pretty competitive. I, I would lean taking five. On to another mid-major team from the MAC, Ohio against Creighton. I cannot wait to talk about this game. The Creighton Blue Jays are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Total of 148-and-a-half. Ohio, the Bobcats, plus 195 on the money line. Tommy, will you be riding with the Ohio once again? I like Ohio here. The, oh, yeah. you know, that, the, the, we, I took them to go to the Sweet 16 uh, to win two games in the tournament. 
you know, listen, I, I know Virginia, Virginia stinks, right? They're, they're coming off COVID and all that stuff, but they're still a tough team to play. You know, I, I know Tony Bennett gets a gets, gets a little crap every now and again, but I mean, he doesn't have the most talented team on earth. Uh, the guy gets a lot out of that out of that talent. You know, they're they're tough to play. I was impressed the way Ohio fell behind. I actually texted you and said, "We're done." The you know, you know like it, it they were still right like, in that game. I don't think they were ever. Tra- I don't think they were ever trailed. Maybe it was a nine point deficit at most. It was never double digits. Yeah, but I, it looked like a point where it was going to start getting ugly. You know, there, there was a key point in that game where it looked like Virginia was going to start to pull away, and Ohio came back. You know, as we said before the tournament started, this is one of the most talented mid-major teams. The they they have scores. They can do a lot of things offensively. I haven't been a big fan of uh, Creighton all year. I thought they should have lost that game. Uh, they got a couple of big shots at the end, you know, by their best player. That's the only reason they're here. I, I like Ohio to advance and win this game. How about two? Like the guy that went to the line for ACU last night that knocked down those two free throws. <laughs> Christian Christian Bishop is not a good free throw shooter for Creighton, but he knocked down the game winning free throws to give the Blue Jays the win, and then. Um, uh, Santa Barbara misses that misses that runner in the in the lane. I think it was in and out. Big Sal who missed that yeah. one at the basket in and out. Yeah, that, I mean, again, that, that I thought they should have won that game. Uh, they, they played really well, and I think Ohio's more talented. They're going to give Creighton. See, Creighton's interesting to me because I know people talk about their defense, and they're kind of an Iowa defense to me. They can shut down teams that don't have a lot of scoring options. But when they play teams that can do what Ohio does, and I think you're going to see a lot different game uh, in, in this matchup than you did against Virginia. I think there's going to be a lot more points scored. Uh, I think Ohio is going to be able to hurt Creighton offensively. And I will most likely be on Ohio plus the points and the money line again. Breaking this thing down a little bit, it's going to come down to three-point shooting on both sides. Creighton has a bottom 100 opponent's three-point scoring rate. Ohio could shoot the three ball like we saw down the stretch in that game. How about Ohio's big man? Uh, Vanderplas, who had some big threes. I tweeted out yesterday that he's a Naismith candidate after that performance. Two huge threes down the stretch for the Bobcats. If Ohio's hitting their threes, if Preston Preston needs to be a little more aggressive than he was, he got going in the in the latter part of the second half, but he's got to get going probably over the full 40, and he's going to have a tough matchup against Zagorowski. It's not like it's against Kia Clark, and Virginia did take Kia Clark off of him to Tony Bennett's credit, but it's going to come down to three-point shooting on both sides because – Ohio's perimeter defense can be had against Creighton. So that's that's one area of concern for uh, for the Ohio perimeter defense. But it's going to be back and forth. Both teams struggle on the offensive glass. Both teams about even in size and pretty solid on the defensive glass in their own right. I'll be on Ohio catching the five and a half with two possessions, though. Yeah, and like we said, two low-scoring games these teams played uh, yesterday. Not going to be that way. I, I see a lot of points here. All right, on to LSU-Michigan. Uh, Michigan minus five, total of 140 and a half, and the Tigers are plus 180 on the money line. I, I can't find a strong lean here. You know, I, at first I thought I was going to like Michigan. Um, I, I think they're going to do some damage uh, on LSU, uh, you know, offensively, obviously. But, you know, this I've been saying it since the preseason. This LSU team is made for the tournament. They got three guys who can really score the bat, you know, with the basketball. Uh, I think they're going to present some matchup problems uh, for Michigan. Uh, open five. What is it right now? It's still it's still five. I bet I'm five. So 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 nobody nobody's hit that number with Michigan. You know, if, if Michigan had livers, I think they win this game. But 
I wouldn't be surprised if LSU pulls the upset here. So would you consider uh, taking the five points? I'm probably going to lay off. The, the The number seems right to me. The I'm having a hard time gauging Michigan. You know, you know, without livers, we saw. They didn't them. look great against Texas no. Southern. Yeah, I was just gonna say they they played like a nobody and they didn't look great, um, but they still. They, I mean, they have such an advantage in the blocks, so I'm gonna stay away from this one. If LSU wants to win this game, it's it's very dissimilar from the St. Bonaventure matchup for uh, yesterday. And you mentioned how LSU has a ton of scores. Cam Thomas went out for 27, looking like a, a heck of a potential pro, and he will be a pro. He will be playing in the NBA at some point. But they got to score down low. Uh, that's yeah. how you beat this Michigan team. Michigan with the worst opponent's two-point scoring rate in Big Ten play. And if you look at the overall body of work, too, bottom 100 in opponent's two-point scoring rate. So this isn't going to come down to Cam Thomas from beyond the arc. It's not going to come down to Javante Smart. It's probably going to come, come down to Watford and, and Smart's ability to attack the basket. I lean towards Michigan. Because I don't think LSU is a great matchup for Dickinson. But if Dickinson gets in foul trouble tomorrow, this could be an LSU upset. So I I still kind of like Michigan, but I'm not I'm probably not gonna have a play on this game at this point. If it gets to six, I might like LSU with the full two possessions. Yeah, I'm gonna pass on this game. All right. On to the next game on the card, Colorado and Florida State. Seminoles are favored by a point, a total of 138 and a half, and the buffs are even money plus one hundred on the money line. Yeah, I like Colorado. Already bet Colorado. So the you know, I, I just I'm not a, I was a fan of this Florida State team earlier in the season before I realized just how bad the ACC is. And even if you look at Florida State, the way they closed the season, I mean, lost to Notre Dame, lost to North Carolina. I mean, how good is this team? I mean, they, they were right there with Greensboro for a lot of that game. I just I like the way Colorado's playing right now. The I understand they're not going to shoot ninety percent from three. Like they eleven of sixteen from three in the first half yesterday against Georgetown. That's man. not going to happen, all right. And nope. Georgetown stinks. They they got hot. They won the conference tournament. So that yeah, you know, I, I kind of wish we played Colorado. There was some there was some value on that line, obviously, but I do like the way that their backcourt matches up with Florida State. And I'm, we've been saying this now since we started this podcast two months ago. Florida State's turnover problems are real. One of the first picks you had on this podcast was Georgia Tech against Florida State. You wrote the article. You know, I, that was the first time I really delved into that and saw how poorly Florida State handles the ball. And we saw it against Greensboro, too. They were throwing the ball all over the place. Colorado can turn you over a little bit. But I think Florida State's turnover issues are going to be a problem, and they lose this game. If you look at Colorado's opponent's turnover rate, they were top four in the Pac-12. They're top 120, just at 120 in college basketball overall. You, man, UNC Greensboro had a shot to win that game mm -hmm. if they hit some of their front ends on the one and ones. Their their point guard yesterday, Miller, I think his I think his name is, uh, could twice when UNC Greensboro was down by five and you had a chance to cut it to a one possession game. So that was disappointing uh, for Greensboro. They still cover the the uh, the opening line for anybody that got UNC Greensboro against Florida State. Florida State's three-point shooting also regressed big time yesterday. Mm -hmm. 0 of 9 from 3, somewhere around that number. So if they don't shoot well against Colorado, and this is a decent Colorado perimeter defense, Buffs can win this game out, right? I'm with you there. Uh, Florida State also can be had from behind the arc with their perimeter defense. And Colorado could shoot the three ball with McKinley Wright and Schwartz. So I lean towards the Buffs in this game. Yeah, I've said it a couple of times. When Colorado's on, 
they're very, very good. Now, they've played some games where they haven't been on this year, and they go the other way. But if they can play to 90% of what we saw against Georgetown, I think they're going to win this game, you know, five-plus points. I can't wait to talk about this game because I go back and forth, even though this isn't the best matchup for Maryland. Alabama's a six-point favorite against the Terrapins. Uh, total of 137.5 in Maryland, the Terps, plus 220 on the money line. UConn looked like dog shit yesterday. James Booknight was trash, missing some big free throws down the stretch. So UConn goes down. Maryland did a great job. The key to this game was if Maryland's bigs were hitting threes. And Aiello was great yesterday. But going into this game, Maryland's biggest defensive issue, because they run some of that matchup zone with Mark Turgeon, they give up a lot of threes. But UConn couldn't hit threes yesterday. You go back to the Michigan State game in the Big Ten tournament. In their, in their first game of the Big Ten tournament. You go back to one of their last regular season games against Michigan State. Spartans couldn't hit threes either. Those were two of the or three of the bigger wins, especially the win over UConn yesterday, to advance. Alabama can hit threes. I want to take Maryland because I think going uh, this line going up from four and a half to six, and we saw, Mer- uh, we saw Alabama against Iona. When they're not hitting threes, when P- Petty looked off yesterday, and that was similar to the Petty we saw in non-conference play. We're not going to see Primo tomorrow. Bruner does, does not look healthy right now. I'm a little concerned with Bama, even though the metrics don't align with Maryland in this game. I agree 100%. I just said I was up till 3 a.m. looking at Iowa. This was the other game I was looking at. Plus six, I would, but there's nothing that says bet Maryland. <laughs> really, right. I mean, if you look at the matchup, nothing says bet Maryland, but I like Maryland. I, something tells me. Eight Oates versus Mark Turgeon now. Yeah, I know. Something tells me this might be an 88-85 kind of game. This looks like one of those wild games that's going up and down the court. Guys are hitting threes all over the place. That's how I feel this game's going to play out. I might look at the Maryland team total over, and I might take the six, but right now I haven't hit anything officially. Right. Like, that's the thing. Again, the matchup zone leads to a lot of threes. Alabama can shoot the three. Yeah. Eddie comes back and is a big game. Shackelford hit some big threes down the stretch against Iona yesterday. One of the best three-point scoring rates in college basketball. Top 15 three-point scoring rate in college basketball. Alabama's defense pretty good, but Maryland doesn't turn the ball over that much either. And Aaron Wiggins is playing at a high level right now. Hit some big shots yesterday. A super athletic drive to the basket. This is the this is I've been high on Maryland for the last three years. I guess two years, excluding this year, because they lose Cowan, they lose Jalen Smith. This is the Wiggins I've been waiting for. He looks like a player that could dominate this kind of a game against an Alabama team that doesn't have a true uh, wing that can match up against Wiggins. So I kind of like uh, Maryland getting the six now that this lines up to six. The matchups say no. I, I think this. I think the, it's more of a play on the, the number than anything. So Tom and I both lean towards Maryland against Bama. We'll see if we end up betting it. Last game on the card for tomorrow is USC against Kansas. Trojans are one and a half point favorites, total of 134.5. And Kansas is plus one of five on the money line, Tom. Yeah, I can't think of a game where I have less of an opinion on than this one. Uh, I just, I, I at first, I kind of like Kansas a little bit, getting the one and a half. But just looking at the game, you know, they've had those COVID issues. The USC's front court is just so good. And if they feed that ball down low, get McCormick in foul trouble, I think they could win this game. But I'm going to stay completely away from this game. I'm not going to touch it. Total nothing. Yeah, looking at Kansas now, they match up against USC. Kansas is Kansas and their interior defense, Jayhawks' interior defense, is actually pretty solid. McCormick against Mobley is going to be such a fascinating matchup. 
Evan Mobley, likely top two pick with King Cunningham. If he can take McCormick off the dribble, but then again, you could see, I don't think Jalen Wilson is supposed to play tomorrow, right? He wasn't just out for the first round. Right. Okay. So that's one area of concern for Kansas. You're without a reliable score, as we saw against Eastern Washington, even though Kansas won that game by around double digits, one by nine. Uh, Eastern Washington still covered that line. In this sort of a game, you're going to need a Jalen Wilson. Um, you're going to need Christian Brown to hit his threes. You're going to need McCormick to be efficient for a full 40 instead of a, just the second half like he was against Eastern Washington yesterday. I have a tough time seeing McCormick being able to match up against against Mobley. So I, I like USC. I would lean towards the Trojans tomorrow night. But I, until we... Until we see the updated status on Wilson, I don't think, the more I think about it, I want to look this up on Twitter really quick because I don't think we got an official update if he was going to be out the first two rounds or if it was just a game for Kansas. Let's see here. So, yeah, so we don't know the status of Jalen Wilson for tomorrow. If Wilson plays, it might be a play on Kansas for me, but likely just staying away from the matchup. Yeah, I'm not touching this regardless. I, I don't have a strong lean either way. All right, so that's it. We went through every game for today. We went through every game for tomorrow. I'm out of breath. I can't wait to uh, chill on my couch and probably drink some beer and watch the rest of the uh, watch the entire round of 32 that we get today. I can't wait. We're we're halfway home, baby. It's uh, it's been a fun two days. We got uh, two more days coming, so it's going to be fun. A lot of good games. And by the way, last uh, last little uh, push here, uh, at least on the live podcast. If you want to check out. Go to our iTunes page, go to BetQLU, search it on iTunes, wherever you find your favorite podcast. But if you leave a five-star review on our iTunes page, five-star rating and a review, you can get a free BetQLU t-shirt. If Tom, if you want to pimp it one more time for the people, there you go. That's free. That is free for you right there if you leave a review on iTunes. And we appreciate all the support that we're getting on the live streams and on iTunes. It really means a lot uh, as we try to grow this BetQLU podcast. Yeah, and just keep in mind, I don't have any larges. Let's not open up that can of worms right now, but uh, the extra larges aren't too big, so they, they should fit. Recap of the best bets. I'm on Syracuse Plus. By the way, at MGM, I think the line is still four and a half, which is crazy. So make sure to use that promo code yeah. with BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, to be able to get a up to uh, $600 risk-free bet using the promo code Eli600. So really quick, just want to pull up the updated lines. For today, if that MGM will load, if my computer won't be slow, uh, Syracuse is still catching four and a half. Still the best line you can find on Q's. Take the four and a half with Q's. I'm on Rutgers plus eight and a half. And a lean towards, strong lean towards North Texas for today. Not a bet that I placed yet, but a very strong lean towards the mean green. And I'm on uh, Syracuse plus three and a half. I got a bad line. Uh, I'm on the over 147 and a half. I have strong lean towards Baylor and um, North Texas. And tomorrow I've already bet Colorado uh, plus the one and a half. And people can find if find out if you bet on North Texas on Twitter, right? You'll post that play. Yep. And we will have our, we don't have a show tomorrow, but we will have our article up with, with our official Monday uh, best bets uh, later on tonight. So go check that out. Download the BetQL app for free in the Apple App Store or Google Play. BetQL helps you beat the sports books. You can find that article up on BetQL and Radio.com Sports, right? Yep. Awesome. That is Tom Casali at the Tom Casali on Twitter. I'm Eli Herskovich at Eli Herskovich on Twitter. This has been another live edition of the BetQLU podcast presented by BetMGM, the king of sports books.